0: Yes, I'm Eleanor, and I'm Dory.
1: Today, today. we are doing um, part two of the Curious Kids Nature Guide. So yep. we're going to finish the fourth chapter today. We might talk about um, a little bit about... So we'll be doing the animal, our reading of 1 to 10, um, and... A short review for each animal. So let's just get going, shall we? Okay. So remember, this is the Curious Kids Nature Guide. Um, remember, if you are going hiking, you should probably go and listen to um, the introduction in um, part one i am actually going to reread that just to that just because so not the whole introduction but i'm just gonna read the here's what you'll need to get actually no i'll just keep going okay listen dory we need to do our um reviews so okay okay Most deer in the Pacific Northwest are black-tailed deer. They like to be at the edge of the forest, in woods near meadows or in meadows near woods. In many Pacific Northwest cities and towns, people find deer strolling through neighborhoods and stopping to eat the roses. In late spring and summer, mother deer does give birth to their babies' fawns. The fawns have spotted fur that blends in with the forest forest. So, would-be predators have a hard time noticing them amid the spotted patterns of light filtering through leaves. For the first few weeks of their lives, fawns spend most of their time lying still. During this time, does clean their fawns, eat their feces, just saying feces means poop, um and drink their urine to make sure their odor doesn't attract predators. So basically, they eat um, their poop and pee. Ew! No, but it's for the good of the fawn. It's so that it doesn't attract predators. Okay, fine. (coughs) Sorry, Um, I just swallowed some air, some spit down the wrong pipe. Those aren't as good as fawns as staying hidden or camouflaged, so they stay away from their fawns for hours at a time, but return every so often to feed and feed <laughs> them. If you find a fawn alone in the woods, don't worry. Its mother will return to take care of it. So, my rating um, is probably an 8.5. Here's my review. Um, they have... They look very nice, Um, they care a lot for their fawns, they eat their poo and pee so that they won't get noticed, and they're just cool in general. Uh huh. Okay.
0: Um, I'm doing 4.5, I like them, and also they're cool.
1: Only 4.5 out of 10?
0: Wait, no, we're doing ten,
1: I thought we were doing five. Uh so put them a nine point five. Yeah, so so the next two animals is a page so Western thatching ants will be like a couple might be a couple minutes, but then the rest shouldn't be as long. Um we only have a couple animals left. Ten animals. Okay. What's black and yellow and smells like almonds? The yellow spotted millipede. If a predator attacks, the millipede will roll into a ball, and its poisonous cyanide gas will come out of tiny holes in its sides. It won't hurt you, but if you pick one up, you should wash your hands before eating. <laughs> Yellow-spotted millipedes chew through needles and leaves on the forest floor. Though the prefix "milli" means thousand and P means foot or feet, millipedes don't have a thousand feet. Male spotted millipedes have 60 feet and females have 62. Okay, my rating on them is probably a 6.5. Um, my review is they're millipedes, they're cool. Um, they are black and yellow and smell like almonds. They have poisonous gas. Um, Dory, what is your review? Uh...
0: I feel like I don't really like bugs or whatever, so I'm going to give this a try.
1: Okay. What's your review? Don't forget you have to do like a short review.
0: Uh, I don't really like the type of bug. I think they're kind of creepy and also um weird. I don't know. I just really don't like bugs. Unless, of course, they're ladybugs or butterflies or dragonflies.
1: Yeah, so continuing. You're not gonna like this one, I bet. Near sunset on evenings in late summer, hundreds of Pacific dampwood termites, brownish insects that some people call flying ants, crawl out of dead trees and take flight, searching for mates and places to build new colonies. A male and female pair find a log that is just rotten enough and become parents to a colony of soldiers and workers chill through wood and live in the tunnels they create bacteria in their guts make it possible for them to digest the wood once a year a few of the workers and soldiers grow long wings turn from white to amber just dis- develop sex organs and take flight in search of mates okay my rating is probably a nine because they are cool um like they can eat wood they're cool uh i'm i'm
0: getting it a nine more than
1: a nine point five. five a 9.7 is that allowed yes actually i'm gonna give okay. mine a 9.9 the only reason i'm d- doing that 0.1 is just because um i feel like there's also that factor of the fact that um they live in rotten well, they're just rare. Like, I haven't seen one before, so it's getting 1.1 1. 1 taken off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so continue your review. Uh,
0: so you gave it a 9.7. I gave it a 9.7, and I think they're really cool. They eat wood. Um, I think.
1: I don't know. And they're really creepy. They can scare people. Get a pet one and you can... Ooh, that'd be awesome. I so want a pet termite. Like, specifically the Pacific Dampwood termite. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Western thatching ants, be prepared. You need to listen to this whole thing. Western thatching ants live in domes built out of twigs leaves and needles. The biggest ones can be two or even three feet high. The nests are home to a colony of thousands of ants and there's more to the nests than you can see. They include networks of tunnels that can reach four feet under the mounds some scientists think that the mounds help the ants keep the colonies cool in the summer and warm in the winter. You can see many sizes of ants spring, scrambling in and out of the nest entrances to the nest. They're all workers, though they tend to have different roles in the colony. Some have indoor jobs, such as looking after the mother ants or queens, and their eggs and worm-like babies called larvae deep in the mound. Western thatching ants can have dozens of queens in a single mound. These two, So there's um, a little image, and the caption says, These two western thatching ants are different sizes, but they're both workers for the same colony. Okay. Continuing. Some worker ants spend more time outside, building the outside of the nest, or finding food. Looking outside the nest, you can see places where the ants have already cleared out paths along the ground. Clear spaces with a steady stream of ants going back and forth. Western thatching ants eat plants, insects, and spiders. They also get food from small insects called aphids, which eat plant sap. When an ant strokes an aphid a particular way, the aphid will ooze a drop of liquid. This aphid goo, called honeydew, is sugary and delicious to ants. In exchange for the honeydew, the ants protect the aphids. They might move aphids around to better spots on plants or put them in a sheltered spot during bad weather. Scientists call this type of cooperation between species mutualism. Ants cooperate in everything, even eating. When a foraging lesson that ching that ants eat, it stores some of the food in a special stomach. A hungry ant can go up to... A full ant and touch a special spot by the ant's mouth causes the full ant to vomit a meal into the hungry ant's mouth. It's like pushing the button on a water fountain. Scientists call it trophallaxis. It looks like the ants are kissing. Ew, honestly, that's weird. Okay, I give them a 9.6. Um, they are really cool, they're really, like, nice, but I've never seen them, and they are apparently western.
0: Um, I'm giving them a... Um, I'm probably gonna give them a seven. I like ants, they're... Like, the middle favorite in the bug family for me. Uh, they're not great, but they're not bad either. Like, like spiders are bad. Well, yeah, I don't like spiders. Um,
1: Tarantulas!
0: Don't ask. All uh, right. Uh, my I uh, I, so, yeah, I'll give them a... 7.5. Or uh, 7.5. 7,
1: okay, so I just counted the animals and but ba- the plants and sidebars left. We have 10 plants and sidebars. So, oh yeah, so we are moving on to the plant section of the forest. Okay. Trillium, a wildflower, relies on ants to move its seeds around the floor on the forest floor. The seeds have oily parts that ants love to eat. Ants gather the seeds and bring them back to their colonies. Once they've in the oily parts, they pick up what is left of the seed and drop it in an ant garbage dump. In another spring, the ant garbage dump brought a new clump of trillium. Okay. okay. So, um, my rating is nine because um, it... Seeds are yummy to ants, and it, like, is really cool how it relies on ants, but that's also why I took off one, um, just because it relies completely on the ants to spread its seeds. So, you can't see this, but I'm going to show Dory, well, so, okay, I'm just going to... End. Okay. What? What's. Oh, mustangs. So, here is a picture. This is a Douglas, I believe. So, this is. One sec. So, this is a Western Red Cedar, and this is a Douglas fir. I just showed you the picture. Okay. Moving on. Douglas firs have very thick, rough bark. You might find an old Douglas fir that has blackened bark. The only sign that there was a fire fl- in that forest a long time ago. The fire burns with ferns and shrubs all around this tree, but, this tr- but the tree survived. My rating's 10. It, sur- it can survive fires, people. Okay. Wait, you didn't give your review on the Trillium. The Trillium? I don't know.
0: I feel like that is a five for me. I just thought it was kind of
1: boring. Okay, so what's your rating on the Douglas fur?
0: Uh, 7.5. I thought it was cool. I don't really have a.
1: Oh, yeah, just saying we should. So um, if you're going on a hike in the um, Pacific Northwest, you can always come back and listen to the, uh, these episodes to know what you are going to find. And you can also get the book yourself. It is called, as, as you know, The Curious Kids Nature Guide. That was kind of bad, yep. I guess. Okay, so now there are two sidebars um, that I'm going to read. Okay, here goes. Some of the biggest trees in the world grow in Pacific Northwest forests. Why do big trees thrive here? It's because of the weather. During the wet winters, they store water in the trucks. In the summer, it is often dry and hard for smaller plants to survive, but trees can keep growing using their stored up water. So that was one sidebar we don't rate well so what's your rating of that sidebar what Uh, did you like that sidebar the sidebar rating of one to ten
0: didn't really give me any information
1: so i'm going with i don't know maybe a 4.5 i'm gonna give it a 9.9 because it actually For me, it gave me a lot of information, cool information about how trees keep growing in the summer here. Okay. So, next sidebar. After that, so. So we only have seven things left, including the sidebars, okay. A simple way to figure out the height of a tree. You need to be on level ground and have a long tape measure. First, find a straight stick that is, is as long as your arm. Then, stand back from the tree, holding the stick out upright, the bottom of the stick at eye level. Walk to a place where the stick lines up with the top of the tree. You're now as far... From- Apple,
0: can we wrap this up? I think this is going to be like... No!
1: We're in the middle of it. Literally, we're in the middle of a sidebar.
0: Okay, but after the
1: sidebar. You are now as far away from the tree as the tree is tall. Measure the distance to the tree and give or take a few bumps in the ground. You have the tree's height. Western red cedars have... Okay, what was your rating on that sidebar? I said, what was your rating on the sidebar? Mine was 10. Uh, mine is 10 too, that was a good sidebar. Western red cedars have gray-brown stingy bark. You might see an old cedar tree missing a strip of bark from its trunk. The bare spot will be at its widest at the bottom. Yeah. And-
0: My mom
1: said we have ten more minutes. Well, that's fine. We only have five. We only have four more things in this book, to do, in this chapter to do. That bare area may be a spot where Native Americans carefully peeled the bark away from the tree to make all kinds of things, including ropes, baskets, capes, and hats. Stamps or logs that lie in the forest long enough might become nurse... Oh, what was your rating on the Western Red Cedar? You're muted, if you're talking. Oh,
0: wait, sorry. Um, I don't know. I don't really like sidebars except for the last one, so... Cedar! I literally
1: just read the section about the Western Red Cedar setter setter cedar. so what's your reader cedar. cedar cedar
0: uh okay i'll do
1: were well, you even like listening tree, so i feel like you weren't I'll listening know. I'm giving them a nine point five because Native Americans use them, and that's really cool. Dory, are you gonna do your? Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, my rating is seven point five.
0: I like trees. Why?
1: Just because you like trees? Do you have yes, anything specifically about that tree? Uh, I like that it's red. That's not... No! If you were listening, you would hear that it doesn't... It's not red. Okay,
0: okay, okay. But I like... I like
1: the treats. Re-listen to this episode, because I I feel like you didn't actually listen to me reading that part. Uh, I did. It's just that it was kind of boring. I don't really like this book. Um... Mm. Okay, stumps or logs that lie in the forest long enough might become nurse logs. An old log with a layer of leaves and needles on top makes a nice space for a seedling to grow. As a young plant grows, insects, fungi, and other living things will turn the log into soil for the new trees. Someday the only sign of that log ever being there will be a group of trees all growing in a straight line. What is your review on the nurse log?
0: Um, I
1: don't know. It's just. So, um, after this chapter, we'll rate it. We'll rate the whole chapter. I know that you can. Okay. Um, we have nine minutes, but that's pretty. That's fine. Okay. What is your rating? Um,.
0: My reading
1: is 7.5 again. Okay. Sidebar time. Plant actually I'll read that last. Licorice fern is an apatite that grows on rocks and tree branches, especially on big leaf maples. Its leaves and stems die in the summer when the soil on the maple branches is dry. When the rains come in the fall, the ferns the fern grows back again. It's rhizomes, the part of the, it that is under the soil, tastes like licorice. Okay, um, my review is, is 10. Um, we're just going to do our rating and not a review anymore just because we're running out of time. Okay. What is your rating?
0: Uh, my rating is uh i
1: like that sidebar eight i didn't even read a sidebar okay but my rating is eight okay of the licorice fern eight thank you longhorn grows on tree branches and it is another example of an epiphyte. it's a leak it's a lichen a combination of a fungus and one or two other life forms. In the case of lungwort, it's a fungus, an alga, and a bacterium. Lungwort grows on tree branches. It's able to do something most trees can't do, get nitrogen from the air. When the lungwort falls to the ground, it fertilizes the soil, and the tree can get the nitrogen it needs to grow. You can find many types of lichen in the forest. They can look like leaves, rags, sticks, nets, cups, strings, scales, and even pimples. Some look like crusts and some look like hair. They grow in a variety of colors such as gray, white, black, green, orange, and even bright yellow. What is your rating? Mine is um, 10. Okay. Okay, if you're gonna ignore me for that long, then I'm moving on. Mushrooms pop up from the forest floor and spring from rotten logs. Different species show up at different times of year, but if you want to see a lot of mushrooms, the best time to look is a few days after the first big rains of fall. Mushrooms are the most visible part of a fungus, which otherwise grows out of sight all year long. A fungus grows as a network of tiny tubes called hyphae, often underground or running through a rotten log, a living plant or animal, or even other fungus. Some of these tiny tubes are so small you can only see them with a microscope. Mushrooms are the parts of fungi that carry spores. If you shake a mushroom over your head, you can see the spores. They look like fine dust, and there are thousands of them. Some mushrooms, such as the artist's conch, have billions. Each spore is tinier and simpler than a plant seed, but still has the capability to become a new fungus. Mushrooms don't have to be mushroom-shaped. They can look like corals, cauliflower, bulbs with jelly cups or shelves. A few of them glow in the dark. Some fungi help decompose or break down dead plants or animals. Others are parasites. They push their tiny tubes into living plants, animals, or even other fungi, eating them from the inside out. I'm going to turn the volume down if you keep signing. Okay, 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 okay. My rating is probably a 9.7 because I love mushrooms and they're cool. Okay, uh, I'm
0: going to do an 8 because I really like mushrooms.
1: Well, I don't like to eat them, but they're cool. Well, actually, let's only rate it on what it, on the article, not on our previous Outlook on them.
0: Uh... Okay, then probably
1: like a 5.5. So you didn't like what you learned in the article?
0: No, I just thought that the article kind no, of... No, what you
1: learned in the article. I didn't learn that much. That's probably because you much weren't much. listening. You said okay. you don't like the book. We can talk about that later. Okay. okay, here is the sidebar. We have to do this really quick. We have four minutes left. And I have nine minutes until my other call. Plant, lichens, fungi, and other living things that grow in living plants are called aphiphytes. You can find aphiphytes on all tree species in Pacific Northwest forests, but one species have the most aphiphytes of all, the big leaf maple. These trees have hot, huge pillows of aphiphytes, so old and thick that over the years, they start to form their own soil on tree branches and trunk where they grow The soil is so thick that big leaf maples grow roots from their branches, taking in water and nutrients far above the ground. What's your rating of that sidebar? Um. Five. Okay. You should probably stop. That's what we're doing! This is the end of the chapter. That was the last thing that we had to do. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, my rating on that sidebar was probably a nine. I liked that information. Um, So, what was your rating on the chapter overall? How do you like the book so far? And just give a review. The
0: book so far, I think, is really um, interesting, but
1: i don't really like non-fiction books so i'll give it a a nine what do you give the chapter the chapter what's your review on the chapter not including the introduction and what's your my review on the chapter is a 10 really interesting chapter yeah i give the chapter and the book tens just because it's so interesting and we are learning a lot We were already learning, but we're learning even more. So um, that is the end of this episode. Oh, so what do you think um, you're going to learn about in the beach section? So I'm going to actually give a little preview into the beach chapter. The moon and sun pull on the earth's oceans to make tides, storms and currents, rearrange beaches, and even wear down rocks. And the many things that live on the shore also leave a mark. So that is um, the first paragraph of the Introduction to the Beach chapter. Okay, well, we are almost out of time. So, hope you liked this episode. Bye. Bye you. <music>